What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Bring it! Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. This is the Side Hustlers podcast. I am your host from iHeartRadio, Carla Marie. Each week I talk to someone who is following a passion outside of their day job or someone who has taken that passion, that side hustle and turned it into their full-time job. Now my full-time job is hosting the Carla Marie and Anthony show on 106.1 Kiss FM in Seattle. Links below on how you can listen to that. But this podcast is really my own side hustle now and it's been super cool getting to hear everyone's stories because they're all all so different. And this week's guest is no different than that. Cassie Joe Craig, you may know the name from American Ninja Warrior. She was on a bunch of seasons. She's a complete badass. She is also a stunt woman in Hollywood. She's an actress. She's a singer. And most recently, she started making masks. She's got side hustle on side hustle and business after business and talent after talent. And we talk about all of those and, and how she found her way into each of those things. But we also talk about racial injustice, being biracial in Hollywood for her and growing up in Kansas. We get into all of it in this episode. Again, you can click all the links below to follow along. You can check out Cassie's mask, her stunt reel, her Instagram, her music, and more. This is Cassie Joe Craig's story. For a lot of people, you know, why are you waiting? You know what you want to do. This is something you want to do. Get off your butt and do it. I'm a hustler, side, side hustler. Do it. I'm a hustler, side, side hustler. Do it. I'm a hustler, side, side hustler. Come on, ask about me. Yo, yo, it's the Side Hustlers Podcast with Carla Marie. By far the most badass guest I've had on Side Hustlers is Cassie Joe Craig. And you can't even argue that. And anyone who's been on this podcast will definitely agree. You've done some crazy things and you continue to do crazy things. And we're going to get into all of them. You grew up in the Midwest. You're there right now visiting family. How does mm -hmm. a girl from the Midwest make her way 
to Hollywood as a stunt woman. Like, what the <laughs> hell? How does that happen? I'm not completely sure myself, to be <laughs> totally honest with you. But I have been an athlete my entire life. And the craziest thing that actually happened after I finally moved out to Hollywood was that I got the my first job because of somebody that I went to high school with in Wichita, Kansas, oh. and she had heard about me. So I mean, it's even even though it seems like those worlds are so far away, the reason why I even got that job was because of someone in Kansas that I knew. So that's kind of the craziest part about it, probably. So you told me that you grew up doing all kinds of sports. You did karate. Your dad owned a dojo. Yes, uh, I grew up in the dojo. Pretty much, that was like my after school babysitter. I would just like run around and like jump on things until I was old enough to take the classes and then yeah I started doing karate and then gymnastics I did that up until high school and then I started pole vaulting in high school when you see a pole because so I did track and field when you see a pole vaulter you're like whoa that's crazy but you don't realize like how high up they are and how scary that is. Like, do you have any fear of heights at this point? I still do have a healthy fear, I think, of heights (laughs) because I have also fallen (gasps) from that high and I landed on the cement on my tailbone. No. Twice. Yeah, and I had to sit on a donut for like a week in in class. That was not fun. Yeah, so I do still have a healthy fear of it, but I definitely still love it and most mostly like to do things that involve being high up in the air. Jumping off of things. So yeah, I've I've seen a lot of the stuff you do. I've I've watched your um your reel, which I'm gonna put in the description of this podcast so people can see what we're talking about when we're like jumping off things and and all that. And uh, one of the most recent things I think you did was you're jumping off the wing of an airplane in a dress yes okay how (laughs) does someone look so elegant doing that and what was that for i doubled a professional dancer named allison stroming i guess i don't know exactly how to pronounce the last name she was doing a commercial and it was in the mojave desert there's a there's a an airplane graveyard in the mojave desert where it's just a bunch of really old planes that have been discontinued and they just are just sort of sitting around. And she dances through the entire plane on her point shoes and doing her thing. And then at the very end, she jumps off the wing. And it's it, it's for a camera, like a really high definition okay. camera to show that you can do really, really slow motion things. I think I was asked if I could do a split leap and I got sent a picture of, a, of what I needed to do. And then they're like, and then you're going to fall into an airbag. And I was like, okay, I think I could probably... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that, and that's how that, like, the stunt world kind of works. And I didn't know I was going to be in a dress. And I didn't know I was going to be on point shoes oh until I got there that the day of. Yeah. Did you have you ever done anything in point shoes before? I used to do ballet. When I was 12, I was on point for just a little bit. And then I d- wanted to do cheerleading because I wanted to get thrown in the air. Yeah, obviously. of course. <laughs> so. I get it. Same. See, here's the thing, though. I also did cheerleading. We took oh, way cool. different paths. I was also a flyer. And now here oh. I am on the radio and you're just flying around literally. So <laughs> you, you have the career that I'm always like, man, I wish I could do that. But my back hurts. So I can't. Yeah. And I'm too scared oh, and I'm, I'm a spaz. I'm getting there. I'm, I'm starting to get super achy. Oh, boy. Well, good thing then that you have now transitioned (laughs) to sewing. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So I do want to talk about all the things that is Cassie, like all the things that you do. There's there's Mm -hmm. much more than being a stunt woman, which obviously is the glitz and the glam when people like, oh, my God, she jumps off things like I did it, too. That's so cool. But there's way more to Mm. you than that. You went to college for videography and graphic design. So when you're you're going to college and you know you have this ability to do all this physical stuff. Mm-hmm. Why did you jump into something like videography and graphic design? I never thought that I could actually make a career 
being an athlete, especially as a female, mm-hmm. even when you are an elite level athlete, you typically cannot make a, you know, a living off of doing that. So to me, I never thought I was going to be an athlete after college. I was like, this is just helping me pay for college. And then once I'm done, I will get a desk job and I'll hopefully be in graphic design because that's what I like to design and be creative and stuff. So it worked out perfectly. And then I decided that that wasn't exactly what I wanted to do after all, (laughs) I guess. But you still did that job while diving into all of this. So Uh, yeah, definitely did. Ninja Warrior Season 7 was, I guess, the first time that the world really saw you. Mm -hmm. What made you apply for Ninja Warrior? A bunch of friends were sending me videos of a girl named Casey Catanzaro who had done really well. And she was a gymnast in college. And we we had very similar builds and stuff and similar names, too, I guess. Yeah. And so I just I think I think 50 people posted it on my Facebook wall in like two days. It was so many people. And I was like, I guess I should do this thing called Ninja Warrior. I still listen to Elvis Duran, but I was listening and and Worst Anthony was on there and he (laughs) was talking about it and I was thinking about doing it. And so, and I think that kind of helped a little bit too, because I didn't know anybody that was yeah. doing it. And then me and me and Anthony started just like have, being pen pals and going back and forth like, okay, what are you going to do for your video? Are you going to, you know, how are you training? Like, are there gyms where you're at? Da, 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 da. So that was, honestly, it's kind of funny. Like, that's how I, you know, how yeah. I think this happened even it's true. because of that random message I sent him five years ago now. Well, so two things here. I'm not going to let Anthony take credit for your career as a stunt woman. So that's not going to happen because <laughs> that's almost what it sounded like. And we're not letting that no, 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 no. <laughs> getting, getting. But also, I always <laughs> talk about the importance of just sending the message of yeah. just reaching out to someone. And yeah. that was more than five years ago at this point. Mm-hmm. And it was just because you guys did connect. You then found out Oh, and he does now does the show with this other girl mm-hmm. and then we were able to be connected and, mm-hmm. and now here we are. And no yeah. matter what the message is about, whether it's networking or you just heard someone talk about something that you want to do in the same way you did, just yeah. reaching out to people and communicating is so important. It's everything. It is everything. And I'm sure in, in all the industries that you're a part of, but also mm. just communicating, like you said, the person from high school helped you get your first job in LA yep. and in the stunt world. I'm sure it's a lot of, I don't want to say who you know, but just mm-hmm. making the right connections is always important. Yeah. And then in the stunt world, actually, especially more than ever, it is who you know. A lot of times when you're looking for a stunt double, you message a friend and, they, and you say, hey, we need a girl that's this height that can do a high fall. Like just the the specific ballet thing. We need a girl that has done dance or gymnastics and is not afraid of high falls. And so then that person says, oh, I know a girl. And then they, you know what I mean? So in the stunt world, especially, it's so important. And I'm glad that I have that part in me already. You know, that it's that, you know, that I can just sort of reach out and network and make sure I'm making those connections. But it's everything, everything. Then when did you go from doing videography and graphic design? Like that was your nine to five. You're in front of a computer all the time. Mm -hmm. I love Being creative. Yeah, of course, doing this stuff. When do you go from doing that to being paid to jump off things? I got a job right about a year out of college. I got that job at the software company. And four years into that, that was two years into Ninja Warrior okay. at the time. And I had started going out to Los Angeles and meeting a lot of people and training and doing live music with friends and stuff. And then one day I just went into my boss's office and I was like, I think I'm going to move to L.A. in the next few months, hmm. probably. 
<laughs> in Kansas, you are too, which is like when yeah, that's yeah, another world. I feel like yes. And so I was like, See, this is this is what I really want to do. You can bring in somebody in at any time so that I can start training them because at yeah. the time I was the lead um, artistic designer, so wow. I was the lead like marketing designer for everything that we used for meetings and any sort of presentation or convention or something. So after I had that conversation with him, he just sort of looked at me and he was like, "Well, just take your office with you then to L.A." And I was like what do you mean? And he's like, yeah, just, just pack everything with you. We'll give you a few days to get out there. And mm. then you can just set back up and, you know, work from home, same hours. I think we can make it work. And I was like, I cried. Yeah. And I was just like, so relieved that I didn't have to go to LA and, you know, start over a year into being in LA and working from home is when I got a call for the stunt, my the stunt job. And I also was auditioning for commercials. What was that first stunt job? That one was for um, Black Lightning on the CW? Yes. Crazy. Doubling yeah, doubling China McLean. She's the best. Was that your first set that you were ever on? Almost. Okay. The very first set I was on was two days before I was on that set, which was the Apple commercial. That okay. Did. That, All right, so that was the first time I was ever so on you set. auditioned yeah. for the Apple commercial. Yep. Then you got the job with Black Lightning on the CW, and then you yep. got the Apple gig all in one week. Yep. <laughs> Jeez. Yep. yep. After having no, zero jobs for a year and auditioning and you know what I mean like doing hustling which is normal it's just super mm -hmm. normal it's way more normal to go more than one year actually so I was like just you know in it kind of enjoying the process of it and then all of a sudden yeah I just had to my whole life changed and I quit, yeah. had to quit my job and <laughs> so that year when you were doing your your graphic design job working mm -hmm. remotely you're going on these auditions how do you do find the time to do that was your job like it's okay if you leave for like an hour in the middle of the day to go audition like how does that work yeah i mostly worked on a deadline basis so i had to have things done by a certain day at a certain time and as long as i was getting things done and i always got them done early at least a day or two early i always made sure that i was you know what i mean because i knew there would be days where they would try and call and i'd be like crap i was just in an audition and i you know i didn't i never wanted to like take advantage of it but they were very they were re they were really good about it because i made sure i was really good that's about cool it. and making sure they knew that they could trust me and that even if i was you know mia for the day was it that i was going to get my stuff done that needed to be done that's really cool it's awesome yeah. when you have that kind of support system to be able to follow your dream like your company could have been like no never mind like we're gonna hire someone else because you're gonna leave us eventually but they were great yeah. They were. I was waiting for it every day for them to be like, you know what, this is just a little bit too tough. And so, but they never did. Obviously, you're a great worker all around. Okay, so you get the job on the CW. What is that like for those of us who have never been an actor or a stunt woman? What is that situation like? Is the actor there when you're about to do the scene that you're going to stunt for them? How does that work? Typically, the stunts are planned out in advance, and we do a process called a pre-visualization of whatever the stunt's going to be. Typically, um, it's just the stunt person that does the previs, and then they send it off to get it approved. And then, once that happens, we'll typically bring in the actor and teach them the fight or whatever thing it is, if they need to be taught. If not, if it's just a thing that I'm going to be doing, like I've ran through a couple of windows now. We, we don't bring her in and teach her how to run through the window. Right. There's no world where she's going to go breaking through glass. Like, no, she's, you know what I mean? Like how? she cannot. <laughs> but how do you learn how to run through glass and not hurt yourself? I, you just do it. <laughs> and th that was my very first you. stunt, my first week. 
uh, working was running through a window and there you only have one win they only have one window they don't have just like a bunch of windows that you know I can break and and to be fair the windows are called candy glass it's made out of can uh, glass that's just not very dense it's right. not candy or anything but it does break a lot lot easier and it doesn't cut very deep okay <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you're just superficial, insane. just superficial. Okay. Cuts, and then you're just like, no big deal. This is another day. So you're doing that with the CW, but then the gig you got with Apple, which people can see on your Instagram, Cassie Joe Craig, which also there's a link below in the description. That is very much, you are the star. Like Cassie Joe mm -hmm. Craig is the star of that commercial. And that's, I'm assuming, obviously polar opposite than just jumping in as someone else and on a yeah. TV show. So you can obviously act as well. You're not. You jump off the buildings, but you can also act too. And that watching that commercial I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen? This is crazy. <laughs> what was that like being on the set, being the center of attention for something and then just being so badass doing all the things that you were doing? I was so lost. I didn't know what people were saying to me. I didn't know that I needed to tell people that I was going to go to the bathroom like things like I was just kept getting not getting in trouble, but de it was just a lot of me being like, what does that mean? And like asking people under my breath, like, you know, like, I don't wow. I don't know what you're saying. Like right. the, the words you're saying to me, I've never heard in my entire life. When you say back to one, do you mean like back to the first thing we did today? Or <laughs> or do you mean like back to one? Like, are there numbers on the ground? You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I don't know where, I don't know what one who is. or what one is. Yeah. It's funny because anyone can go back to their very first day at like their very first job and or yeah. whatever it was and think, oh, I didn't know anything. You're right. Yeah. But then you add the Hollywood aspect to it. Mm. Oh my God, the pressure. It, that had to be mm -hmm. nerve wracking, but you still nailed it. Like, it's amazing how it came out. I faked it so hard. I mean, I like, I've never had to compartmentalize like my brain more than just being like, like, yep, and trying to just look like, you know, because there's a, when you, and I was the main person in that, yeah. in that commercial. And so I could feel that I needed to make it seem like I knew what I was doing because there were so many people there that took their job very seriously. Of course. And I felt like, first of all, that I didn't really deserve to even be there at all. And you know what I mean? It was just a lot of like faking it. Now, it when you crazy. said you felt like you didn't belong there, do you still have that feeling now at certain things? Sure. Do you yeah, think yeah. that is just because you're super grateful that you're there? Or do you think it's imposter syndrome? It, it used to be grateful at first. And then the more I get to know more people in the industry and what they've gone through and their stories and how rare it is that any of these things have happened to me. I, it's become slowly more and more like an imposter syndrome where I just feel like pretty guilty about it. A lot, <laughs> a lot of I feel like that. Yeah. I mean, a lot of us feel like that, but yeah, someone else picked, like you didn't say I'm doing this job on this set. I'm, I'm taking over like someone else picked you because they think sure, yeah. that you belong there and I think yeah. all of us anyone who's been on this podcast who has said it myself included mm. need to remember that it's someone else's yeah. fault not ours yeah right <laughs> but but true though it's yeah people believe in you and that's mm. why you're there and clearly mm. you crush it and that's why you keep getting <laughs> gigs and you're amazing at it but there's something else that was thrown into the mix 
you also yeah. can sing and you perform. Like, where did, mm. where did music come in? So you, I've always loved doing music. I've always loved watching people play the piano and like matching their yeah. hands and stuff. And that was just something I would do for fun. And then it was a drunken night out with a friend. And I was like, hey, I was like, I've been playing the piano lately with a musician friend. Anyways, it was a drunken night. And then we made a song the next day. And that song I just <laughs> hit a million <laughs> You know, no one says that, right? <laughs> no one says, yeah, like, I was just on my friend. I've been, like, playing piano. We were drunk. We made a song the next day. And it just, what was that fact you were going to say? I think uh, four or five months ago, it hit a million streams on Spotify. Jeez. What song, <laughs> and what song is that? It's called Pressure. It's a Josh Salee song called That's Pressure. Awesome. Oh, yeah. I think I, I think I, um. I was on the, I was on. We had you on the air. That, yeah. Think. Yeah. We did. Years ago, years ago, probably years four ago. years ago, maybe. Yeah. That makes mm -hmm. sense. But the song is amazing. And we'll also put that link below too, for people to check out the song. <laughs> but it, it's crazy. Yeah. You're more, can you dance also? It depends on what kind of dance you're talking Because about. I know we hear the triple threat in Hollywood, people who can sing, act, and dance, but you can sing, act, uh -huh. dance, and stunt. So you just blew them all out of the water, I think. <laughs> Your voice is incredible, too. I'm like, seriously, can you just share some of your talent? Like, what the heck? Is music a side hustle to stunting? Is stunting a side hustle to music? How does that? Oh, that's a hard one. I would say music is probably the side hustle just because it's just inherently so hard to yeah. make money doing music and, like, make a living. So I have been, yeah, I think that it, it's my side hustle in my but in my brain it's probably the thing i'm most passionate about hmm. but i do know that it i cannot necessarily sustain myself with it right, right now, now. Right. yes right right now right now <laughs> so what do you perform you perform live also play because you said mm -hmm. live music so where do you perform um i was performing at the ordinary out in long beach that, that was pretty regular but Whenever I do Black Lightning, I move out to Atlanta and I live in Atlanta for half the year. Oh, wow. So when I go back and forth like that, it's tough to keep, you know, like the momentum of music and live music, especially going. Uh, but once I got back, I was getting called to do gigs pretty regularly, right, right before the COVID happened and shut everything down. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about that then. Obviously, Hollywood shut down live music or just being able to be places and see music, whether you want to perform it or watch someone perform it that shut yeah. down as well so yep. you do as you do and you launched another side <laughs> hustle because apparently you know how to sew like a badass and you created these amazing masks so we've got this person who jumps off buildings airplanes runs through glass who can also sing <laughs> graphic design do videos she can also sew so <laughs> <laughs> and why and how did that come in? So I have pretty severe asthma. When this hit and I realized and I was here, my mom, my mom's a nurse and my stepdad is a doctor. And so I was getting really good information about what it exactly it is I needed to do to yeah. make sure I was being safe. So I bought a really cheap sewing machine on Amazon. And I don't know how it happened, but I decided to make masks maybe two days before the rest of the world decided to make masks because... I got one week's worth of like supplies for masks pretty much. And then the next time I looked, it was going to take me months to get anything Jeez. else. It was the craziest thing. But I, I, I got them. I actually made my first mask I made out of the sheets on my bed <gasps> because they were just for my face and like for some of my friends. So I just put them through the wash on the hot, like through a hot yeah. cycle, a couple cycles. And I just 
cut my sheets up because they that that microfiber um, mm-hmm. that really you know high thread count material is what you need to put on your face. So I just made some double layer masks with ties for me and my friends, and then more and more people needed them. More and more people were messaging me about them, and and I was like probably a thousand dollars in of just buying of stuff, yeah, of just buying things, yeah. I mean, because you got to get the the packaging, you have to get the printing stuff, and the 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 ink for the printer you mm-hmm. have to get you know what i mean like you got to get more wires you got to get more thread you got to get all the colors of the thread so that it matches you know what i mean and i'm just like oh my gosh i'm a thousand dollars in and i need to break even at least well, break even and i don't mind you're not working at this exactly. time also yes yeah. yes exactly that yeah and i'm like i i want to be part of this solution and part and try to help and make everyone feel a little bit more comfortable right now because i know i feel very uncomfortable mm-hmm. and very you know vulnerable but you know i can only donate so so much when you know then I'm gonna be the person that needs you know donations so I started putting it on Etsy and oh my gosh I couldn't believe how quickly everything just like it just blew up and I was in the weeds for weeks really just sewing every single day 15 16 hour days well good thing you had nothing else to do (laughs) Uh, yeah good thing good thing but I did I think I lost my mind just a little bit because I just sat in my living room at my desk Mm -hmm. in a pile of scraps around me and watch, you know, binge watch TV and sewed on my little sewing machine. You made an Etsy shop, which people can check out. Link Mm -hmm. again is below, but it's called Custom Mask Shop, which I also Mm -hmm. think, I didn't remember when you first told me that, I'm like, well, why didn't she put her name in it? Because people know her. But now that I think about it, people are probably like, especially since you were one of the first ones up there, finding just typing in custom mask, you probably Mm -hmm. pop up for people all over. So that was kind of a genius name to do that. I don't know if you did that on purpose. I don't. I, there weren't very many options that I could pick, honestly. And I didn't want to put my name in it. I don't know. I didn't want it to be so connected to me, I guess. No, nah, totally understand, though. Sewing. How did you learn how to sew? Oh, so my grandmother taught me how to sew. My dad, so I'm biracial. I have, my dad is black and my mom's white. And my dad's mom sews every day. She sews quilts and she hand stitches like embroidery and does all that and she taught me when I was really young how to sew it took me a few masks a few maybe like 20 masks to like get get back into it but Mm -hmm. yeah so I I just knew the basics and I just went from there honestly is she still around yeah 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 she's really excited she loves it she's so pumped I was gonna say she's probably super proud like who knew the things she taught you when you were little is now you're saving lives by doing this. I never really thought of it that way, but yeah. No, it's protecting people and it gives them something like, I know when I have my mask, I'm like, oh, which mask am I going to wear today? And I'm excited yeah. to wear my mask from you, but it's it's kind of like an accessory now. And the fact that we yeah. have people like you who are not only making them safe for us and the mm-hmm. right sizes and all of that that we need and keep them comfortable, but they're pretty too. And yeah. you can have some sort of your personality during this time when it's mentally yeah. uncomfortable to have to do this and you don't yeah. have to wear the ugly medical blue one ever you know you can yep. wear a pretty one so yeah it is great that we have people like you who know how to sew because i don't <laughs> during this time of launching an etsy shop you've obviously you've never owned a business before you've never, never what are some things that you were like oh my god i had no idea how to worry about that because a lot of people who are on this podcast kind of mm-hmm have a business plan going into things and know what they're doing and know they want to own a business. You like just fell into this. Yeah. I think the craziest thing about it was after you make the masks, the amount of actual sewing I do is so minimal now. I have to, you know what I mean? I have to get all the orders, count them out, Mm -hmm. sort everything out, cut everything. And then after the masks are done, then I have to make sure that all of the packing slips are correct. And then I have this little insert that goes into there so that tells people how to, 
care for the masks and stuff. And then when that runs out, I have to go and print more and I have to cut it out. And you know what I mean? And I have to cut all the strings out and make sure they're the same length and tie them together and put the little <laughs> slip knot thing on there. That like, I just can't believe how long it takes. And it's made me understand like you know when you're you're buying clothes at all and you're just like why is it so expensive i'm like i have to sell these yeah. for 20 i have to sell them at, like, yeah the the material's minimal but it's the amount of time and like all of the things that i have to have in stock just to make this run the, this way it's like i i'm breaking even charging you this much for the mask you know what i mean it's oh, great yeah. that part about it has just been unreal i'm sure you have a new appreciation for custom things or or things that oh, are so yeah. intricate yeah for sure i cannot imagine i listen i also can't focus on something that long so <laughs> kudos to you for being able to do that where do you get the materials now or do you still have issues ordering stuff now no it's pretty good now so now i i order everything on amazon and then i get sheets i get high thread count linens hmm. So that it feels good against the face. Right. And so I, I, I got some cotton for a little while, but it wasn't really made like for sensitive skin. It's 100% cotton, but it's kind of scratchy. I didn't know how, I don't know how to explain it. So I went back to getting linens and some, some of the designs on the outside of the mask are 100% cotton and not quite as soft, but they're way cute and it doesn't matter because it's not against your face and you don't feel Yeah, your, your designs are super cute and they are different. Thank and, you. And we've had Ugly Yellow House on the podcast. They mm. make cloth bow ties and they've pivoted uh -huh. during this to make face masks. So of they course. also have a, have a lot of, you know, the same stuff you're saying. How do they know the size or this and mm -hmm. And all the little things that that go into it and then um another previous guest uh lana ray handmade makes leather handbags and she's also pivoted to doing masks for people too because she can sew oh, cool. and you're seeing yeah, yeah, these yeah. people who have this skill that you also have be able to say okay how can i help right now and yeah. i'm always proud of having people like you and them on this podcast who want to help and want to mm. use what they have to help and, and it's really cool so i commend you for doing that it's amazing. You. Are you going to keep doing it when Hollywood kicks back up? Yeah, I think I'm going to have to because I, I don't know how soon it's going to pick back up. And I think that people will be needing them, mm -hmm. especially on sets and stuff. So I'll have a little like side hustle out on set. Maybe if yeah. I need, you know what I mean? Like, and I can make them custom. I can make like for Black Lightning, I can just get fabric with little lightnings on them and then make them for the whole you know what I mean like there's just so many things I can do and I love having something it's kind of med meditative yes to a certain extent if I'm not in the like completely in the weeds <laughs> it's very meditative I'm to sure just sort of so and yeah you yeah. might be the only person in Hollywood who has <laughs> that talent I feel so use it <laughs> get it out there make everyone use it yeah. it'll be really cool you mentioned that you are biracial and mm -hmm. I told you I wanted to talk to you about that because mm -hmm. it's so important right now to have these conversations. That's kind of why you sure. and I started talking on Instagram recently. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious about in Hollywood, obviously, we know it is an issue. We know that there mm -hmm. aren't that many roles for black actors, let alone black female actors. So as a stunt double or a stunt woman going into that, you must then know, well, there's not even that many black females, let alone black females, are going to be in a position of power to have a role that's going to be so badass for me to fill in. Sure. Is, am I crazy thinking that? And what is that world like? I can't speak to the stunt world a ton because I just have not been in it quite long and enough to really know. No, but it does seem like the biggest thing in stunts that we're finally that people are finally getting um, really strict about is that if you have a black actress or actor 
you have to double that person with a minority. And they didn't used to do that. That's crazy to me. Exactly, yeah. And it used to be, I think, because they, they maybe they didn't think there were enough, but there always have been, and this is something that's finally been, been you know, they're cutting down. And then they're just like, there's no way. It doesn't matter if that person is off the street and we can't find anyone else and we just have to pull somebody. You know what I mean? Like, not literally that, but right. I mean, it's like that. Like, they they would almost do that now. It's just one of those things. It's, it's just like blackface in Hollywood. It used to be very normal. It just was the thing that I think Judy Garland did blackface. Like, so many it's huge... Nuts. But it, it was just such a normal thing that no one really... You know what I mean? So, and I think it's just one of those things. It's it's finally it's getting... ingrained, yeah. Yeah, it's finally getting washed out of Hollywood, which is that... Well, it doesn't matter as long as that person, you know, we can just paint them down to make them look like it, which, you know, you do that sometimes. Like even if you yeah, if, like if you're not the right shade of the, that person's skin, then they'll they're going to change it so that it's not that noticeable. Right. But that's completely because that's different. The point. But that's but yeah. right. Right. Exactly that. But it's very, very different when you're not giving black stunt people work. Yeah. Because you can just paint down a white person instead. The other part of that, though, is, is even like in the background when you get a bunch of stunt people because maybe there's an explosion or maybe there's like a street thing where people are running and bumping into mm -hmm. each other. A lot, of, a lot of times people in those scenes are, are stunt people oh. and they don't have to look a certain way. They just get a bunch of nondescript stunt people in to be the people that get run over, like mm -hmm. not get run over, but that bump into each other, right. maybe fall fall to the ground. Right. That's those are all stunt people in those in these scenes. So. And a lot of times in those, especially, they will not, they'll just mostly just get a bunch of white people. But that's not what the world it's, looks like. Exactly. Exactly that. So it's a little bit of it's it, it's the doubling thing. But it's also just like and why why is this whole scene just all white people? You could have easily like made yeah. that. It's a, it's a street in New York City. <laughs> that's not what the, the streets in New York City look like. No. It's a whole thing that, that it's like all the things that are happening right now. It's just like people but it's amazing really think that, about it. Yeah. It's amazing that there is going to be change and in and, yes. and the places that a lot of people didn't think about, like you just told us, like I wouldn't have mm. really thought about extras or doubles. And it's great because that yeah. stuff will change and people may not even notice it, but it doesn't matter because you're going to see it when you're watching yeah. movies. It's so much better to see diversity on the screen than yeah. just, like you said, just seeing white people all the time. And that's mm -hmm. what we need. And that's what we need this next generation of kids to yeah. grow up with because it'll yeah. be a much better place for them and they'll make it a much better place for us, which yeah. will be amazing. But growing up in Kansas, yeah, half black or I'm sorry, do you say you say biracial? I want to because I Oh, either way is fine. So growing up in Kansas, what was it like for you? My parents did a really good job, I think, of unfortunately not letting me see that or experience it in, in a way that they thought they were sheltering me, I think, from that world. So I mostly went to an all white school. Mm -hmm. I was a cheerleader and I was, had a lot of friends. And so I didn't really notice that it was happening because I was always around like upper middle class white people all the time. And they were all very nice. And sometimes they would say the N word around me, but then they would be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it, didn't mean it. And then and when, and it was always, it would always be fine. You know what I mean? Like little right. things that I was just like, this is just the world. Like, this is just, it's progress though. At least we're not slaves anymore. Like that, and that was like the mentality that you either have as a black person mm -hmm. if you're sheltered or you have that as a white person if you're like but uh, you guys aren't slaves anymore yeah, like, like how you could you about? like what are you talking about that racism isn't real we had a black president you know what i mean like i, I that listen. i was 
that yeah. that statement i mentioned that on uh one of my previous episodes where i've heard people be like but look at oprah and look at obama and i'm like okay you can't just pick two black people yeah. out of this entire universe and tell me yeah. then there's no racism because there's two black people yeah. who succeeded come on yeah. like yep. come on so I'm, I'm glad you also said that because when i said that to danae on the on the podcast when i had them on they were like mm-hmm. wait what people say that and i'm like yeah yes yeah. i hear that that, that's also another thing about black people as entertainers also, yep. which is like you can't just go and, <laughs> yeah. and, and talk about all of the basketball players and, yeah. and Oprah's and actors because you're just saying people that are there for your entertainment. Mm-hmm. I'll kind of like get out. Get out is kind of a little is kind of like that. It's pretty much like black people are there for sports and to look good and to like maybe have like a high libido or whatever. <laughs> But their brain is not intelligent. They're not made to make decisions. They're not made to, to like, run countries or to be that middle class of people who, you know, own small businesses or that work at a software company. Yeah. Leaving the place you grew up in helps Mm -hmm. you grow in so many ways. And I can Mm -hmm. see it. I compare myself to the people that I grew up with, and I'm like, how do you not understand this? And it's like, oh, because you're still in the bubble that you grew up in. Yeah. It's real. The bubble is is real. And it's a really uncomfortable thing. I have this empathy, especially for my mom's, my mom in general, because she is part of the side of me that, that has, that will never understand what's, what this is. Mm -hmm. And that's hard to, it's hard to tell someone there's this thing that's going on. You're never going to understand it. You're never going to experience, but you need, you need to believe that it's real and you need to like, we need allies and we need you to be on our side on this and we need to fucking do whatever we need to do to fix it. And to tell somebody that and for them to be like, you want me to be on board with something that I'll never experience. <laughs> Don't know. You know, and not that my mom said, said this. Like right. She was very good about being like, okay, like, I'll look into it. I'm, I don't, I'm not exactly sure what you're talking about. And then she did. And then she came back. But most people are just, they're just offended by the fact that, that or something. Like, or they feel helpless. I think it's maybe feeling a little helpless, feeling a little offended about something that they didn't. They didn't do any actually do anything, but the fact that you're white is a privilege. Yep. And that and you will not and not even in a negative way, it just is a privilege that you won't ever have to deal with it. But it's how do you how do you use that privilege for good and to even out the playing field and like you said, Mm -hmm. be an ally. And I think that is something that a lot of people are learning this year. Yes. Unfortunately, now opposed to a (laughs) hundred years ago. But it's happening. I did not think it would happen in my lifetime, to be totally honest with you. I didn't. I thought that I was like, well, we're probably just going to have to wait a few generations for the kids to look a little bit more like me and or for people to just start Googling things more. And for, you know what I mean? I didn't think that I would be having these conversations in my lifetime, to be completely honest with you. I was like, there's no world where I'm going to sit people down and it's going to make a difference to explain this to someone. But here you and are. So that's that's really very cool. Yeah. yeah. It's it is exhausting and it's very like trying and you know you cry with joy and you like cry with uh, frustration when it someone's not listening mm-hmm. and you know what I mean especially uh, when that yeah. person's maybe close to you or like maybe an ex or something which that's <laughs> never fun. That's happened and that's not the best thing ever. Oh boy. That really makes you feel insane. I'm but sh- were you with yeah. the person when that happened? No, no, no. It okay. was just a, an ex, but a, a good friend, you know, someone that I've, you know. We need a whole new podcast been... to talk about exes. Oh, my goodness, girl. <laughs> Especially dating. Now, date dating is crazy for me. All I'm right. like, dating a white guy, I'm like, so, are... okay. 
Let's talk uh, about where, our where first are we date. At? We need, yeah, like I need to know where you're at on this really quick because but, there's no way, you know. But it's so good that you can learn that right away. Yeah, that is it's cool. crazy. Without but it's, sounding completely insane. Yeah, no, exactly. It met, it, which is so messed up to think that a year ago, if you I would know. have asked that, you yep. would have been cr- No, but now. It is, that's, it's the truth, though, yeah. So a few episodes ago, I had Tanisha and Danae on together. They are previous mm. guests. They, they do completely different things, but I had them on to discuss being black female business owners. And mm. one of the things they talked about, it wasn't even about, well, it was about the workplace and whatnot. It was about their hair as a black female. Mm. And mm-hmm. one of the first things I think people notice about you, Cassie, is your hair. It's incredible. Yes. You have these beautiful braids and it's brunette and blonde and, and it's wild. And I love mm-hmm. it because first of all, I can never do that and I can never pull it <laughs> off. So to me, it's, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Now I'm assuming you have people commenting on your hair and often touching your hair. Yes. What? It's t- talk to me about that because both of those women were like, they hated it i don't get a ton of people touching it luckily i've definitely been in situations where like putting me on display kind Mm -hmm. of thing it's like it's like you know i'm very often one or the only black person in the room and so whenever i do have my braids in like this that it becomes very a very big like kind of there for everyone's like visual enjoyment and oh how did you do that how does it work and and it's like it's i don't mind if that you're interested in my hair of course it's just the the way you're going about it makes me feel like i'm a danae described it as yeah like i'm your pet is how she described it she's like i'm not your pet you know you can compliment my hair of course she's like i'll take a compliment anytime but i'm not your pet don't touch me and don't act like that so yeah one of the first things i did notice about you was your hair and i was like it's beautiful Mm -hmm. and then as we were just talking i'm like oh, I wonder if you you deal with that the same way that they do yeah. because your hair is very unique. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not glad, but I'm, it's interesting to see how you do have the same sentiment as both of them mm-hmm. did. And yeah. it was for Tanisha, it was the same thing when she had her braids in. And she's yeah. a flight attendant and she deals with people who mm-hmm. like, will touch oh, them I on bet. the airplane. Oh, no, why? Yeah. <laughs> It happens. Why would they do that? So right now you are uh, back in Kansas visiting family. You mentioned to me that people have been wanting to do interviews with you about different mm-hmm. stuff from your hometown. But you told them you weren't going to do interviews about your life as a stunt woman or anything else that you're doing if you didn't get to talk about racial injustice. Sure. Yep. What has the feedback been when you say that to these publications? Without you, don't have to throw anyone under the bus. No, I won't, and and it and it's because it's so that's been only positive. Cool. And I wasn't prepared for it because um, the one that the all and it's Splurge Magazine is what it's called out here in Wichita. And I was a little bit worried because they do it is sort of like a lighter magazine, and they like to you know talk about things going on in Wichita. It just it's sort of like a pop culture magazine, mm-hmm. just letting people know what kind of what's going on. And I was a little bit nervous that they weren't going to want to talk about something like this. But I was also like, I am a black female and probably one of the few that you will have or have had on this magazine. So there's no world where you get to have a black girl on your magazine (laughs) and look, you know what I mean? And look like a publication that's inclusive in this time. You don't get to have both. You don't get to have me on your cover and also me not talk about it and maybe cause a little bit of a stir. Right. You don't get to know one or the other. You don't get to look (laughs) inclusive, but not have the tough conversations. You don't get to be like, okay, it's not, you don't just get to check off a box. It's way more than that. And that's amazing that you were able to do that. And I'm assuming you had a great interview with them and they did talk about it. 
Yes, it was really great. I was shocked that they asked as many questions as they did. And it was really one of those things that I got off the phone. It was a two hour long conversation, wow. I think. It ended up being pretty long. It was nice. It was one of those exhausting, but like really uplifting conversations that I had. And, you know, there's just, there's no way I'm going to be like, hey, I'm on the cover of this magazine on my Instagram or something. Right. And then people are like, and you just talked about yourself and how great your career has been. First of all, you're unemployed right now. <laughs> And also there's a whole other thing going right. on in the world that's way more important than any of the things that you're talking about. And I was like, I just, I wouldn't be able to do it. I wouldn't be able to look back on that and be like, of yeah, course. kids, you know, this is during the Black Lives Matter movement and da, da, da. And then they're like, well, why don't you talk about it? And mm -hmm. I'm like, oh. That's a great question. Well, I just wanted to be palpable. And I'm like, I'm tired of being palpable. Yep. I'm tired of being the most palpable black girl in the room, which is what I feel like I've always, that's been my my goal for so long and now i'm like why the hell yeah well, at what point did you realize that that you were doing that probably right around the time that like probably five years ago right around then but it didn't mean i stopped it mm -hmm. just meant that i was aware of it now but it didn't feel like there was another option to be also because it had gotten me pretty far in life <sighs> at that point too and so at that point you start realize you start being like well do i get ahead in life by being and saying and doing what is most comfortable thing mm -hmm. or do I burn some bridges and and now now I'm there now I'm like I'll Good. burn all the bridges I, I'm tired of not saying my piece I'm tired of you know what I mean feeling like the girl's like well we don't want to really talk about the movement and me being like okay Please I no. understand like no there's no world like them that's Good. long gone long gone well and, and it's awesome that you have a platform and you are in in a world like Hollywood where you can do that or in the music mm -hmm. industry where you can make change that will affect others in the sense of if you can say something, like you said, in a meeting that could help yeah. someone and it could help what ends up being on screen, you never know, that affects yeah. the millions of people who are going to watch it. So sure. it's incredible that you have that mentality now and you are in a, in a place that can really make a change. You've got a platform, you've got social media, you've got all of it, you've got your music and you've got your mask, which not necessarily yeah. that, but you've, the, you've got them and they're amazing. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I, I'm proud of you and I'm, I'm so glad that we finally got to have this conversation and have Me you too. on the podcast because... You're unlike anyone who's been on here. The same way every guest is completely different than sure, the person before yeah. them. But everyone's got their story. And it's just incredible how you've been able to have all these passions and follow them. And do you think you'll ever do graphic design again? I actually, I did do a little bit. I have been doing that on and off for people too. So Cool. One yeah. day when your back hurts really bad, <laughs> you can just yeah. sit at a computer and do graphic design when you're old. Oh my gosh. Yeah. When I can't walk anymore. That'll be perfect. Well, Cassie, <laughs> thank you for being here. Thank you for being awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to Side Hustlers and supporting everyone who is on this podcast. Click the link below to shop Cassie's Mass. You can follow her on Instagram. Check out her stunt reel, which is incredible, and listen to her music, which is also amazing. Thank you again for being here. I'm Carla Marie. You can follow me on Instagram at the Carla Marie. This podcast has been produced by Houston Tilly. And until next week, keep hustling and be a good human. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, 
fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter.